Welcome to the watering hole. It's Bara'a. And I'm Breda. And today we're talking about something pretty predictable, considering mm-hmm. it happened about a week ago. Unfortunately. We're going to talk about what happened in New Zealand. We're recording this on March 24th, 24th. Yeah. and uh, it happened March 14th. Yeah. When did you when did you first hear about it? You were so you were on we, vacation. I was in London, uh, UK. England, <laughs> and we were in the car with my wife's some of my wife's family who's there who we were staying with uh and her uncle was like basically like did you hear what happened in new zealand right and they were like no and then he told us and we're like it was just like whoa mm-hmm. sort of thing mm-hmm. uh and then details followed and then we ended up i ended up going to friday prayer right right, right. then and there right didn't really think about it too much was uh, there was there heavy police presence there was not heavy police okay. presence not that I noticed. There was this guy in like a orange, one of those like right. construction jackets. Yeah. I'm not sure if he might. It have was been my from first. Mosque, it was right? my first Friday prayer at, in London. <laughs> right. So I was assuming he was there just to make sure everybody's, because it gets really packed in mosques, uh, especially that was a tiny, tiny place with like four floors. Yeah. So I assumed that he was just there to make it, make sure there's space for everybody. He could have also been there as for like security reasons. Right. I don't know, but didn't seem very panicked there. But in London on that day. Uh, somebody was attacked with a hammer. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was. It sort of was sort of like a a real blur. It was. It was just a blur, and we didn't really look into it too much. And then, yeah, we just started reading about on the news, sort of thing. Yeah. What about you? I heard. So I heard on uh, Thursday night, which was about twenty five minutes, thirty minutes after it happened um, in New Zealand, and um, I was up later than I normally would be. And I was checking, I was in Toronto. So that's actually interesting. Like, it's really interesting how you process things differently and things feel differently when you're not like in your home base, uh, when you hear about news like that. Uh, so yeah, I was in Toronto. Um, I was like doing, this is horrible. I need to stop doing this, but doing like a final check of Twitter before I go to bed. Don't do this. People. Like, <laughs> this is what makes you so angry and riled up. And I saw like the breaking news from like those small local like, you know, the mm-hmm. local ch- channels that actually are like, oh, the police were just deployed and this is what's happening. And right before I went to bed, the I think the last headline I read at like about midnight uh, Toronto time was a dozens injured. And there was no news really what happened. Like it wasn't like you didn't hear, oh, there was a car that rammed into people, whatever. Like I didn't understand really what was going on. And I uh, really was thinking, I hope this is not that bad. And then I woke up and uh, the news was already, I think, I think it was about 40. I think they had said 39. I think actually it was the mm-hmm. number, 39 people killed. And I started seeing everyone saying, don't watch the video, don't watch the video. Mm-hmm. The video being the video that was like a live first point of view uh, first-person point of view uh, GoPro video that the shooter uh, filmed while he was attacking these people. And so, yeah, I mean, I think at first I was kind of like a little dismissive on Thursday night. And then on Friday, I was just like angry. I was angry because it's like, not this again. Like you have to deal with so much. Like mm. I was, it was interesting. One of the things like my, my friend Shahed, you know, you know, Shahed, Shahed and I talk about is that um, when these things happen, and you're also Muslim, you feel that like your whole life is taken over. I don't know if you feel if you felt that way, but I did. I was in Toronto for like personal reasons slash like fun reasons. I was there to like 
meet with people who people in my potential grad school program, uh, meet with professors, present a paper, and, and to some degree have fun and relax. And that was completely hijacked with that. Like in the morning, I was doing media interviews. I was like speaking with people and I was in, tr- in Toronto. So everything had to, like everything was a bit more delayed because I was like, oh yeah, sorry, you have to like call me here or I have to move to a coffee shop or I have to whatever. And then at the same time, so like that's what's really frustrating is that like your whole day that was normally supposed to go like as one way and it's supposed to be about me. It's like suddenly it's about this thing that happened so far away from me, but it still affects me. So that was, it was, I was frustrated. Like I was like, I wish I could just be like every other person coming to this free lunch for the grad school and just like enjoy it, you know, for what it is. Instead of like, I was checking Twitter, my DMs, like people were like, can you give an interview? Can you do this? Can you do whatever? And that's the thing is like you, you become, you're thrown, whether you like it or not, you're like thrown into it. And um, so, yeah, I, I actually, a little anecdote. I actually had got a call from a journalist while I was on a call for something else. Then she's like, I need to do this interview right away. And so it was so busy and I couldn't go anywhere. So I locked myself in a washroom. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And everybody heard, like it was such a small coffee shop. Everyone knew I was on the phone. Great stuff. Um, Yeah, I was like, uh, I shot the toilet seat. Hard hitting news right there. What? Hard hitting news. Yeah, and I was like screaming, I was like, white supremacy. (laughs) And like people were like, um, but I think- As as your usual day goes. Yeah, yeah, like locked myself in a washroom. So for, yeah, for me- like the first time I heard about it was like it was just in the numbers like all oh, fifty people dead. Uh, our condolences, obviously, to all uh, those affected by this. Um, it was just a number, and then we just we were we were on like vacation, so we were just like on the go in London. Uh, but like I guess the first moment where it really really hit me was now that I have a daughter. Everything that involves children right. really really hits me, and I didn't right. think I'd be this type of dad, but it really did. When I first saw like the three year old with his uh, dad who was in the mosque, that I was like, that really, really shook me. And so I just took a moment to myself and I was, you know, just like uh, praying for the well being of those people. But at the same time, this is the thing with me and all these negative, ne- negative situations. And a lot of people don't like me for this. Not, not, not don't like me, but like think it's a bit weird to have, but I, I'm like, this is part of me. No matter how negative everything happens, my initial rest, I don't know if I've like, I've trained myself to do this, but it's just like, okay, what's the positive that can come out of this sort of right. thing? That's my, like, it was my go-to How thought. instantly do you get there? I get there, like, <laughs> got there pretty... Like, kind of fast? Say pretty fast, yeah, pretty wow. fast. When I first started doing this thing... Uh, as in like thinking yeah, of positives. Yeah, but it does do this and it bothers me. Well, yeah, exactly. It bothers yeah. me. It bothers my wife. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's sort of like, it's not, I had to remind myself, like, you know you're feeling compassion for everything that happened and you're living it. But at the same time, for me, when I've trained myself, I, I guess I've told myself, it's like, you know, just focus on the positive and like there'll, there, there will be something positive to come out of this. Right. So for me, I'm like, I'm like okay, it's a it's a strong community. I'm hoping it's, a, it's like it's New Zealand, like really chill people, really cool people, um, and like I knew I know that the support is there in yeah. the world, and there's something that I've been feeling. And I've been talking to a lot of people about this. How I feel like this generation of people or of of us, we're getting better in terms of recognizing everybody's differences and supporting each other mm. uh, and uh, w- along with our differences and in, in terms of discrimination I'd say that's a ge- generation behind us 
and we're getting better. So I, I, I had a feeling that the community was going to come together. And with this New Zealand um, yeah. shooting, it was a huge highlight as to how the community did come together and how the whole world and especially New Zealand handle it was unbelievable. And it sort of was like, I was like in my mind, I was like, okay, I, I was very happy that happened. I was, I was, it was like my positivity was, was yeah. basically paid off not necessarily that uh, once again I, I with my positive i don't intend to in- offend anyone ever and i've learned to usually keep that to myself and i did keep that <laughs> yeah, to myself for at least in the initial um uh, I, anyway, I i've yeah. i've learned for a long time to keep that to myself <laughs> and not just be like oh why, why aren't you positive about this but in my mind i was like okay what's the next good thing that's going to happen from this sort of thing and quite frankly like nobody's New Zealand didn't see that coming, but they, but the world also didn't see how well New Zealand reacted to everything. Yeah. And, and yeah. Set an I example. think that for me, I'm able like now to recognize, I find like positive might probably the wrong word, but I mean like, I definitely think that the response and the continued response, because like they're yeah. still, they're still doing stuff there. But I think that that's like really special to New Zealand because they're a small country, they're an island. Like you said, they have a history of being pretty, you no know, chill people. And like also just because New Zealand doesn't have a recent history of mm-hmm. like shootings in general and murder at that rate. Like I think many people have been sharing the number that last year New Zealand had a total of 35 murders um, in a year. And so 50 people in a span of a few hours with like military grade weapons is obviously a huge shock. But I think that what's interesting is not what's interesting, what's really like, okay, so people, critical people, whether they're journalists or writers or thinkers or whatever, when they say Donald Trump isn't doing enough about like after Parkland in Florida, Mm -hmm. uh, after the shootings, when, you know, when people say that's not enough, that's not enough, that's not enough. A big thing that a lot of people will respond to will say, oh, but like, what does a good response look like to you? Like, why are you always like, you're so negative. Like, there is nothing that is going to satisfy you. I hear that all the time. Like, I'll I'll criticize something. I'll say like, oh, I don't like that what the prime minister is doing. And someone's going to be like, oh, yeah, well, you'll never like anything that the prime minister is doing. Right. And it's like, OK, yeah, that's kind of true. But also, like, I think you're supposed to be that way. You should always be critical. But I think what um, the prime minister there Jacinda Jacinda. Arden and what the community did, both the Muslim community, non-Muslim community around it is a really good example of a good response. You had a response that's like compassionate and interested in helping people, but also one that came with like bold political action. And I think that that's, it's a really good recipe or formula to follow and Many people will say, oh, but they've only managed to do that because they're actually such a small population and you can't possibly. But I don't know if you were if you read any of the articles that were like even the farmers who need their weapons, their semi-automatic weapons are like volunteering them to be like repossessed and uh, destroyed. Wow. And like, yeah. And so like that to me, one of the things that shows is that like when you do take bold political action and say we don't stand with we don't stand for this. We stand for this. You make that clear and you make it very transparent why you're going to do what you're doing. I think that a lot more people will be on board, a lot more people than we think. And I think that we're so used to, and I don't necessarily agree with them 
only speaking about how she dealt with it because mm-hmm. then all people Absolutely. are like, right, that's it. Yeah. But I think that the reason that people are so happy with how she deal- dealt with it is because almost every response, including Canadian response to the Quebec mosque shooting, that was an inspiration, horrible inspiration, for the shooting in New Zealand, was that there was really nothing. Like Prime Minister Trudeau cried a little bit at a vigil, but like that's that's only one part of it. You know, that's like, that's that an important part, but that's only one part. Where, where is the kind of the more like tangible public policy piece? You didn't, yeah. Right? And like, that's, and then, and you see that again, like, you know, there was the same thing here when the New Zealand shooting happened. Um, A lot of politicians in Canada were now very sympathetic. Prime Minister Trudeau gave this big speech in Parliament, but at the same time, and in the House of Commons, but at the same time, it's like, where's, where's the action? So I think that, why people are praising her and the communities in New Zealand is because they saw both. Like, not only did people say they were sorry, they like showed up. And so many, I have, I have quite a few friends in New Zealand at the moment that I went to undergrad with or high school with. And a lot of them, some of them are actually training to be teachers. And a lot of them like reached out to me and said, hey, like, do you recommend anything to speak to students about this? Like we're building an anti-Islamophobia curriculum and uh, they were like organizing all these days of solidarity and stuff. And so that was very like that to me is what's that's what I'm interested in. Right. I'm interested in people who are able to be like, this is obviously very wrong and we're going to mourn, but we're also going to do something about yeah, it. It's, yeah, it, it was a reaction that was beyond just skin deep, basically. It's something yeah. that was a very practical reaction. And like you said, it's people brought up the point um, of, oh, yeah, it's a very tiny population to deal with. Uh, that's why they could make all these changes, blah, 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 blah. But the, at the end of the day, it's because these ch- changes could be made because of how the the mentality of the community has been built in New Zealand. People were willing to make those changes and understand what's right from wrong and what's in actuality common sense at that point to them. Like, okay, we're not going to do C because A and B happened, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and it's 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 easily spelled out, and they can understand. Whereas here, and with a lot of co- other countries where these uh, events happen, it's a very just surface surface level uh, reaction from the government, from uh, the people making decisions, uh, just to basically show their uh, show a little emotion, and then basically it's like sort of hoping this will this will boil over, and then they can just get back to their normal regime of uh, or regime is a very strong word routine, yeah. routine um, of. And basically not not really make any direct changes. I think also like in those moments, in the moments after something like this happened, people are ready to accept changes like that, right? New Zealand has, I heard the prime minister say there were like three instances to try to ban semi-automatic weapons. And every time they were shut down because people were like, we don't really need this, whatever. But she's like, in this moment, everyone's like, oh, this is what can happen. I understand now. And are more willing to stand by those decisions. Absolutely. Right? And so when things, like, there, it's, I'm not saying you need to be, opportun- I mean, I, yeah, I know some way I am saying you should be opportunistic. To take a moment to be like, this is horrible. This is what we've been talking about. So now let's stop it from happening mm-hmm. again. And so I think, like, in the Quebec mosque shooting, that's something that didn't happen. Like, that, that, that there was no, like, Nothing tangible happened. Like ha- what happened in New Yeah, Zealand? even though people were ready, I think that people were like, well, yeah, well, so many people were ready to move forward. Well, the thing is, by the so many, it was just, I would say, from the Quebec mass shooting, right. it was sort of so many people who were just affected by that, which was at least from what I've read, 
and what, what I'd seen, the greater, broader scope of Canada didn't really, I didn't feel a really huge reaction to really? that. Really? Yeah. I did. I didn't like I personally. think that I think a lot of people like people were really affected by it. Like the first vigil that the vigil that we had a day after that it happened or the same day that the Quebec mosque the day after it was the day after. There was all sorts of people there, people that normally don't come out and um I think that I think no I I think that there was a response. I just think that in I never said there was a I response, think, but I just think it was a way smaller also, response. Well, yeah, I mean it was a and smaller not, attack and, even if you're by numbers. But it, 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 even if it was I feel like even if it was a couple of people who were uh, killed in that shooting, it would have been this it would have been the same response in New Zealand whereas right. here if the fact that we're going to numbers to justify why there was not Right, yeah. why there was less action taken is is completely right. is, is ridiculous right yeah where so that's what i meant it's like here it was just like people the, the people who are directly affected and then the people who sort of knew those people and like engage with uh, with those people were the only ones who really responded and want, were ready for change whereas there i felt that the whole country wanted to change sort of thing uh, and was ready to accept that change, right. even, even some, even have to swallow, uh, some, let's say, like farmers and stuff, which right. makes sense for them to have have those weapons. But if they're if they're willing to swallow that and for the greater good, right, then that's that's a huge statement, right? Yeah. Whereas here, it's clear that there's there's a huge there's there's a probably you don't think greater there was or of an equal appetite. opposition to right to to the people who wanted to make the change right it's yeah. because it's for me it's it's how the mentality of the country has been built right and i'm not saying canada is like a oh crazy uh, far right, uh, <laughs> right. white State, yeah. white right supremacist country i'm just saying there's still people who are not convinced by that right. it was just like maybe it's because we're really close to the states and we're just like you know wherever we're like we're getting residual hate from that i don't know if, yeah. that, if that's the case but i don't it'll be a it'll have to be a huge change i i the, the one point i want to make is it's sh- that shows you where new zealand new zealand's um priorities lie as a country right taking literally really taking care of their citizens right and putting safety first yeah if you look at any other country <laughs> that's dealt, dealt with this yeah not the same thing yeah right i think that the response just like essentially people have forgotten forgotten i mean even myself right like you can't sometimes imagine and you see this with some bold politicians in the u.s uh who kind of are championing progressive values is like because of how toxic like politics is yeah you forget that oh people can actually do good thing to do good things with this and when you when you actually see it in action and you see it work and you see people of new zealand responding like favorably you say to yourself oh like wow i guess it does work sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I think people will always like, and of course, every country is different, like just geographically, Canada is huge. And so that does create some issues with enforcement of things and people's different opinions. And, you know, it's always, you can't, I get that you can, it's not a direct comparison. But one of the reasons people were making really close comparisons between New Zealand and Canada well, first of all, the New Zealand shooter kind of directly cited Alexandre Bissonnette, who killed six worshippers in Quebec two years ago, but also because some of the history of some of the the settler colonial history is very similar, where, I mean, insofar as, you know, British people came to New Zealand, Canada basically tried to wipe out the indigenous populations. And 
New Zealand, I mean, I don't know much about its history, but I know that in the recent years, like the last five years or so, there's been like a really strong effort to incorporate Maori culture into mainstream culture. And of course, much like Canada, I'm sure that there's so much more, there is criticism about that. The day after the shooting, I was at a conference and I was speaking, or two days, I guess, and I was speaking with a woman who happened to be from Christchurch. She's studying here in Canada. And she said that she was not completely surprised because she's like, Christchurch is known to have some pretty strong white supremacist organization, active white supremacist organizations. But she said that what was really, really tragic was the, like the, the scope. Like she's just like, in just generally because New Zealand is smaller, you just don't expect that kind of mm-hmm. like the the volume. I guess that's the wrong word, but like you don't expect how basically it was just a way higher death toll than she's like. I'm not surprised that this type of hate exists there. And people will say, "Oh, he's Australian, so it doesn't count." Mm-hmm. But basically, she's like, it's not completely surprising because that there is a history of that. It's like similar to here. It's like. I wasn't super surprised that something like that happened, but but I think the New Zealand thing for me, I was like 50, like that's a, compared to like, I read a really shocking number that they said that because it, New Zealand is so small and the Muslim community is so small in New Zealand, one in 500 Muslims was affected, like either mm-hmm. killed or injured in New Zealand. So like that shows you how like, it's like relative to the sizes, yeah. obviously. But yeah, I mean, I think that, it really, you you feel in these moments that you're so close. I mean, at least I did. Like, I felt like I was so close to what happened, even though I don't know any Muslim people in New Zealand. But it's because, well, first of all, we're so connected and you hear about everything. But also because after the Quebec mosque shooting, I knew that this was going to happen again. Like, you are the, per- I know that you have that optimism, but I knew in my heart of hearts that this was going to happen again. And I knew that it's going to be worse. I didn't think it was going to be this bad, but I knew it was going to be worse. And I also thought it would happen again in Canada. I still do think it's going to happen again in Canada, but for the record. But I think that's the most devastating piece for me, is that knowing that this is the kind of stuff that's going to happen again. It's the same thing with people in the United States and mass shootings. It's like people have been saying this like for years, right? For years, people are like, this happens like 300 times a year, right? Like this isn't. And so that's what's the, fr- the frustrating piece. And like, you know that this could be prevented. And I think that people are commending New Zealand for, for having a response that kind of tries to ensure it doesn't happen again. At least so. in their country. Yeah, exactly. And well, well, if this if the shootings inspire other shootings, then we're hoping that New Zealand's response can inspire change in or or action to be taken in that similar direction in terms of their policies and the way they've reacted and the way they're taking care of their people. At the end of the day, it's it's a it's about a country taking care of the citizens of their lands, right. and it's basically where you want to put your priorities. Yeah, uh, or if if their public policy approach has worked Mm -hmm. i think that it's like the perfect comeback to everyone who tells you oh it's not gonna work absolutely oh someone's gonna find a gun somehow right and it's like yeah of course like but i did my part yeah exactly like Like, obviously like that's just like that's the same thing as people who you know it's like it's like you know in prisons where like nothing no weapons are allowed Mm -hmm. and people will still find a way to make a knife out of whatever a plastic fork or something like like that's obviously there's always going to be ways but there are steps very clear steps that I think New Zealand has laid out for people. It's kind of like, I think that they've created a blueprint 
But like you said, you mentioned the word toxicity. Uh, I like that word a lot. I feel like the political climate in North America right now right. is too toxic. Yeah. Because of everything that's going on and, and because everybody's hand is in in the pot. Right. There's so many people that that the government has to please that just those public policy changes are not just going to happen just like the snap yeah. of a finger, just like it really fe- felt like in New, New Zealand. So I... I Obviously, I'm not a political scientist, but mm-hmm. this is just my my feeling and my uh, my view of it is like maybe that that this is like a very very how should I put this a rough view of like I'm gonna, not not gonna say cor- uh, corruption in government, but how toxic the 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 political environment. Yeah, is but in, I think that the only answer to that kind of toxicity is to just do Keep something. On. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think that what seems to be happening, like I think one of the reasons that And I will never forget this. A professor of ours said that people kept saying Donald Trump says the truth. And that's why they're going to vote for him. That's why they voted for him. Or their their truth, basically. But no, but he's like, but he he said he's like, he's like, he doesn't say the truth. He just says whatever he thinks they want to hear, A. And also he says whatever he thinks they think they're not allowed to say, Mm -hmm. right? So after eight years of Obama, they're like, oh, I guess I can't say the N-word. And he's like, well, I mean, I don't think he said, but basically, I mean, he's, 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 he's saying like all the things you thought you couldn't say because we had a black president mm. and a quote unquote leftist government, not true, but you know what I mean? Is like you, he's like, oh, now you can say it. It's fine. You can say all these anti-women things and anti-black things and it's completely okay. Or he's implied that. And I think that the thing is that there's the, the comeback to that seems to me not to be like everyone's like no look at all the way he lies but i think that that is can only get us so far i think the proper response is to provide like a real alternative and when you provide a real alternative i think that all those people who, who are just more like who are fed up with government who are apathetic whatever they'll come join you because there's always going to be a critical mass of people that will be pro trump and Mm -hmm. pro trumpian figures it's those people who are just kind of like, whatever, none of this speaks to me, I'm bored, I'm annoyed. Those people, I think, will respond very positively if you had a leader like the one, the prime minister of New Zealand, who's just like, you know what? No, the only answer to this is an unconditional uh, semi-automatic weapon ban. It's to say no, no to racism. No or buts sort of thing. Yeah. Exactly. And I think that that's the thing is like, the responses overwhelmingly seem to be like, Oh, like let's try to be like kind of nice and like kind of please everyone. And then talk about the values of the country. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and it's yeah, like it's it's surface and it's like oh, these these are our values. These are not Canadian values or this is not American values. Yeah, it's always like by negation. Yeah, They're always like negating exactly. what right. But I don't Rather it's than, clearly it's, it's, not hasn't worked. Like Trump. It's, it's still, all talk the talk. And yeah, exactly. Really just like do walk. it right. And I think that that's like she's a she's a really great example of that of just saying like and we've done this before like. Whenever we have seen other forms of extremism, after 9-11 this happened, after 9-11 in Canada, sorry, this happened as well, we passed some of the strongest pieces of legislation so quickly. Literally, the, one of the fastest bills to law time, like span of time, happened after 9-11, 9/11. to get anti-terrorism legislation. So we know that it, like, it's possible, right? But the thing is, like you, you said with... In regards to after the Obama government and then the, the Trump administration came in after 9-11. I'm going to throw another one in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, when alcohol was banned, what was that called? Prohibition. The, the prohibition. 
all a lot of whining started. Right. I'm not going to say after 9-11 whining was because like, that was understandable, obviously. Yeah. All, a lot of whining started from a very particular part of society. Right. And I feel like the government here in North America has always tried to sort of please those people because they feel like those people are the most... Uh, privilege and they 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 they're they're the true like Except they they own this the, country. The post nine eleven like that wasn't an, a whining that was like the country being yeah, like yeah that's what I meant. That, that, how that, did that, this happen? Let's stop it. And then they yeah. and then they kind of thought they were. Doing but the that thing is, but being, at the same time, yeah. that that still pushed sort of their notion of a terrorist, which was Arab, Muslim, brown, right, blah, right, blah, yeah, blah, yeah, blah, yeah, yeah, somebody not white, <laughs> right? right? It's but, it, it was it was going in their favor. All, all I'm saying is that the logistics of it yeah. and the um, legalities of it are possible. It's Absolutely. just about the will, the political will. And and so I'm not I know that it, this is a simplified thing, right? But that's what I'm saying. I'm saying is political that political will only depends on who you're trying to cater that will for. And in terms of New Zealand, they don't care who that will is for. It's for Well, the- yeah, also overwhelmingly, at least from the reports I'm hearing, is like the political will and the w- people's will seems to align. Yeah, align, exactly. Right? Yeah, and so that's why they're able to move this so quickly. But like that's, I don't know, that's, for me, I think it's a lesson in, and if I say so myself, I think seeing like a blueprint for a response, Absolutely. they've kind of nailed that. It is that. possible, and we really hope that Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern is one the first of many to do this for our political leaders, and well, well, we hope nothing like this happens. Obviously, it's gonna happen again. And uh, yes, <laughs> unfortunately, we still think it's gonna happen. I'm still obviously on the more positive note that I feel society is changing, and I feel like Prime Minister Jacinda is one of the first to take this th- these bold steps, and I feel like it's gonna be. I don't know. I hope other leaders take. Uh, follow suit with this and yeah I this was like our our kind of ranting I needed this though because right you have those sometimes it feels like it's impossible like that day Friday was probably one of the worst days I had in retrospect I really enjoyed a lot of the other things I was doing that were related to this but you you're cast in this like dark I was gonna say dark light but it's cast in like um shadow and you just like need to be you need to feel those feelings of anger and yeah. of sadness but you also i think if you're gonna learn anything if i'm gonna learn anything from Bureda is that you need to have some sort of hope you need some darkness to see, to see the light you know? right <laughs> that's, that's all the cheese we're gonna give you for today uh thank you yeah. for joining us on this episode of the watering hole i've, I've been bra i've been bra what did i just say i've, I've been, been burayda <laughs> where can they find us burayda <laughs> they can find us on www wow who says that now wow, the world wide web they can find us at whpod.com on the world wide web or on twitter at, facebook instagram at whpod that's at whpod we hope you've enjoyed this episode and we'll see you next time take care guys